This is The Guardian. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is The Full Story. With the Easter break coming up, for many of us, this is a four-day work week. But what if every week was like this? This idea, trialling a shorter work week, has been backed by a recent Senate inquiry with support from Labor, Coalition and Greens members. And there's already been successful trials of the four-day work week in Australia and around the world. So, are we on the verge of a revolution in the way we work? Today, Green Senator Barbara Pocock and Paul Karp, Guardian Australia's chief political correspondent, on the case for a four-day work week. It's Thursday, the 6th of April. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. So in really simple terms... What is wrong with the five-day work week right now and why does it need to change? Well, in the 1850s through to 1900, we were declared a working man's paradise, whereas now we are the international laggards. Barbara Pocock is a Green Senator for South Australia and the chair of the Senate Select Committee on Work and Care. The five-day work week doesn't exist for so many Australians. A lot of Australians are working a lot longer than the five days that they're contracted for. So they're giving their time unpaid to their workplace. On average, Australians are giving four and a half hours a week to their employer unpaid. And that adds up to six weeks extra unpaid time over the year. So that's a big amount of unpaid overtime. And in other cases, as women have entered the workplace in Australia over the last 30 years, a lot of them have come in on short working hours. Many, many women work part-time and that has big implications for gender equity, for pay systems and for the way in which work pans out in the household. Why do we work five days a week? Where did this idea actually come from that we should work five days exactly? Well, there's a long sort of cultural and history story about working hours in Australia. If you go right back to the 1850s and beforehand, Australian workers, many of them were working 60 hours a week. There was kind of a cultural norm, if you like, that you worked 
six days a week, you worked on Saturdays and you worked 10 hours a day. So that was the the norm around the planet, actually, in those early days after the Industrial Revolution. And then over the centuries since then, there's been a long struggle to peg back the length of working time. And it's been a real fight um, between workers, especially through their trade unions and their employers. It was working men in Melbourne in the stonemasons' occupation who were led the world towards that eight-hour working day. Eight hours rest, you know, eight hours uh, sleep, eight hours time outside your workplace. And gradually we've seen into the 1950s, you know, a slow pegging back of the length of the working week. You know, first of all, around 48 hours when we pegged back working on Saturdays. But it's a long story of struggle of trade union ambition and action on the ground and a lot of um, saying that the sky would fall every time working hours were reduced um, slowly over that long period. Did the sky fall as the hours were peeled back? The skies never fell. There is momentum around this at the moment. You're the chair of a working care inquiry and recently you delivered a report to government that recommended Australia should adopt a trial of a four-day work week. Can you break down what that would look like in the workplace? How does that actually work? Well, I think there is a basic model which the current trials are using very frequently, which is that you work with 100% of your usual productivity for 100% of your pay, but you work 80% of your hours. And so it's it's called a 180-100 model in a lot of workplaces. One of the things that these pilots have done is to look very closely at the way in which work is working. So they look closely, for example, in an office situation at the management of email. Is it efficient? Is it doing what it needs to do? So concentrating on most productive activities and trying to give up less productive activities. Right, so instead of an hour-long meeting, a 10-minute meeting and get your work done in that time. Or best of all, no meeting. (laughs) I always thought that the four-day work week was like you work four days and you get paid 80% of your full-time wage. Paul Karp is Guardian Australia's chief political correspondent. The thing that I found just like, oh, this is such a good idea, is that you don't take a pay cut and you, you're not trying to squeeze 38 hours into four days. You're trying to squeeze more output out of the time that you're in the office. Paul, there's been multiple trials of the four-day work week worldwide in Spain. Alba is a waitress in this restaurant in Madrid. She works four days a week. The UK. Sounds like a dream come true, but it's now a reality for thousands of people in the UK. And Iceland. Since 2015, Iceland has been trying out a four-day work week with no reduction in pay. Which actually had their national government take this up and, and continue it in many ways. How widespread is this in Australia, though? So in Australia, the first national trial of the four-day week is currently underway. Uh, That involves 20 organisations. It's in a bunch of different industries like finance, fashion, healthcare, construction, retail. One big company you might have heard of, Unilever, uh, has said that they are going to do a 12-month trial. And then there are a lot of smaller companies in other industries. So, Paul, you've spoken to a company in Australia that has attempted the four-day work week. How did this work for them? 
Yeah, so I spoke to Debbie Bailey from Momentum Mental Health, which is a community services and mental health organisation, and they did a six-month trial as part of a global trial of the four-day work week, uh, and then they extended it for another six months because it worked so well. And uh, Debbie said that the outcomes of the trial have been to improve work-life balance and happiness and reduce stress and use of sick leave. She said that capacity within the organisation has also increased with more hours of service delivery. And they measure that a few different ways, Uh, you know, the number of hours working with clients and client numbers, for example, are both up, Uh, client satisfaction is up. There were also positive impacts on staff. Of the 12 staff members at Momentum Health, they can use the fifth day for whatever they want and half of them reported using it for things like, you know, medical and other appointments that you, you know, struggle to do during a workday. How did Momentum and their workers there squeeze everything they needed to do into a shorter working week? Yeah, so you really have to think about squeezing the most possible out of the hours uh, when you and others are in the office together uh, to make this work. They had all sorts of rules about uh, meetings, you know, not being scheduled for any longer than was necessary or you'll just fill up the time. Meetings also had to have, you know, very specific agendas and action points or you didn't have to go unless there were very clear outcomes you wanted from it. Also, the structure of your day. People were uh, encouraged to do, you know, what are called deep dives, where basically you work out whether you're a morning, a middle of the day or an afternoon person. And then for blocks of 50 minutes at a time, you try and switch off all distractions, no email, no phone, and just absolutely, you know, pound through the work when you are at your most attentive. And if your colleagues respect that rule and don't don't interrupt you, then you can get through several hours of work in a, in a 50-minute block. Uh, so that's that's how they try and squeeze more out of their days. So, Barbara, let's just step through the results of some of those trials a little bit more. What did it mean for workers having a four-day work week? What were the positives for them? There is a lot of evidence that they have worked. The positives were about lower rates of burnout, uh, less use of sick leave, much higher levels of satisfaction as employees, a measurable improvements in their work-life balance and happier family life. Everyone wants less burnout and less stress in their lives and that was a measurable improvement in many of these pilots. Next, who benefits the most from a four-day work week? Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. We know in particular some 
women are expected to juggle more caring responsibilities than men alongside work, is the four-day working week better for women? I think the four-day working week for Australia is a really interesting idea which would help us deal with one of the wacky things about working time in Australia. The way we have accommodated women workers over the last three decades in our labour market, women have stepped into part-time jobs in Australia, a lot of them casual. So that means women's employment is concentrated down the part-time end of the hours spectrum and men's employment is at the opposite end, more concentrated in long and very long hours of work. And that has a lot of implications uh, for the way you organise your domestic work, who cares for the kids, who takes periods of leave out of the workforce when a baby arrives. And we have very strong gendered imprints on all of those things in the Australian labour market. So the great thing about a four-day week in Australia is it cracks open uh, that kind of pattern of work that is to a, a, a working week which is not so demanding, which lets you be a carer, which also lets you be a professional manager and have a career and be a senior leader in an organisation without necessarily having to work 60 hours a week for 30 years to get there. Right, so potentially more women in full-time work and less burnout for all workers overall. What about for employers and specifically the bottom line of, of a business? Well, very interestingly, the bottom line in many of these pilots has survived very well. People have not seen reductions in revenue or in productivity in a great number of these firms, which is why so many of them are continuing with it beyond the pilot stage. You know, employers don't persist with an experiment unless it's paying off for them, and many of them have certainly signed up to do that. The interesting question is whether we can take that pattern and that improvement into a broader range of workplaces on a non-voluntary basis, you know, into our really big manufacturing blue-collar workforces, into the construction industry, into the uh, private sector. That's the big long-term challenge. We have to take the experiment across the whole economy in the end. Paul, there are some workplaces where I can imagine that the four-day work week is just not feasible. For example, the growing gig economy and the casual workforce where hours are already very flexible and many workers are underemployed. Are there other sectors where this might be particularly difficult to introduce? Uh, Well, obviously the gig economy is very problematic because you're employed as an independent contractor, not as an employee, and they don't get a lot of the minimum conditions of employees, so unlikely to work there. Casuals are employees, but they're paid by the hour. So if you're working four-fifths of the number of hours, you you just you will get paid less to do that. It, you know, you can do a four-day work week there, but it would be a hit to pay. There, there are some industries where people are maxed out already doing a task that just take the amount of time that they take. And often, like manual labour, is, is not something that by doing it a certain time of day, uh, you're going to be any better at doing it. Like if you're cleaning offices or if you're picking fruit, it's it's not something that you can just squeeze more into a, into a lesser amount of time. And a four-day work week there might be a lot harder, particularly at full pay. 
I think that this might be something that's easier uh, for bigger workplaces because there are more people to share the load around on the one day that you're not in uh, in the office. A big law firm where there are a few associates that can take a call from a client, you know, if the client calls on a Friday, it doesn't matter if your day off is Friday, you're the only person that can deal with it. Paul, a recent report showed that more than a third of Australian workers are considering quitting their jobs. This is known as the great resignation and it's kind of been happening all around the the globe after the pandemic. Can we prevent the great resignation by creating a four-day work week? Yeah, well, one of the things that people are trying to achieve uh, when they quit their job is is either to have a short period out of the workforce before coming back in, or looking for a job that better, you know, meets their their demands for work life balance. So, um, you know, if their current employer says no, you have to work five days a week or, you know, you have to work a strict nine to five and they're, they're trying to move away from that, then, um, yeah, it could be one of the factors that's pushing people uh, to look for other jobs. And if we were able to be more flexible in our current jobs, that would take away one of the reasons that people are keen to leave. So, Barbara, your report had many recommendations and the four-day working week was just one of them, really. What were the other key recommendations in order to improve work-life balance in many workplaces across Australia? So our report has 33 recommendations and a lot of them do go to working time and to our care systems. We need to play catch up on paid parental leave. You know, the world has moved past us with an average um, now in the OECD of 52 weeks paid parental leave. We need to find a pathway to get there to support working parents. Um, We also need to improve our early childhood and education system for preschoolers, free childcare, very important way to move forward. We need to reduce long hours of work. We need that right to disconnect from your technology and, and really play a role in your family and have a life outside your job. Paul, the Work and Care report has received some support from Labor and the Coalition and Greens. Will the government act on any of these recommendations, especially the four-day work week? Is there appetite in Canberra? Well, the the recommendation of the report is not, you know, by the end of 2023, we should all only be working four days a week and so the government has to bring in a bill uh, as soon as possible. It was to have a trial in a lot of different industries for there to be, uh, you know, more penalties for extra hours that might endanger work health and safety. Uh, so they're clearly looking at incremental things because I, I understand there was, you know, a bit of debate in that committee about not making the recommendations too ambitious that they they could never be acted on. And of course, the government has to formally respond to these reports, but there's no particular time frame on them to act and they can say, oh, that's interesting, but, you know, get real. Uh, we'd all like to work four days a week, but we just we just can't swing this. So, uh, you know, it's it's got a ways to go, but it's uh, it's an important contribution to the debate because we have to be thinking about the workplaces that we want to try and create or we'll we'll never get any any action. Right. So there's kind of broad support for the idea, but there's no imminent plan to to enact uh, this four day work week trial, it sounds like. No, although one of the other ideas in the report is the is the related concept of the right to disconnect. So, uh, you know, after hours uh, or on the weekend that you don't have to answer your mobile and email to work. And that that is going to be something that uh, I think we'll be seeing have more debate on because there's a Greens 
private members bill about it. What about community support? I feel like many workers have seen their own workplace transform during COVID. Are Australian workers ready for another big transformation? Yeah, I think COVID has increased uh, demands for flexible work in terms of at least the place of work that, um, you know, some people would prefer to work from home a few days a a week. And I think there's a sort of preference for working in the office more on the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and working from home more on the Monday and Friday. I think because people see that as a sort of extension that's contiguous with the weekend where they might be working half the time but switching off earlier in the day or or doing domestic tasks alongside. So, yeah, I, I think that has made people think about where they're working and about how they can better balance work life, including by shaving a day off the work week at the start or the end of the week. So, Barbara, these recommendations have gathered some support in Canberra. Uh, Are you expecting any action on this anytime soon? Some of these things are going to take time. Reductions in working hours in Australia, you know, they don't happen overnight. But I think there is a role for a really significant pilot on the four-day working week to show the benefits. We cannot persist with a 1950s model of labour law. We need to make things better so people can put together jobs and the rest of their lives. That was Barbara Pocock, Senator for South Australia and the Chair of the Senate Select Committee on Work and Care, and earlier Paul Karp, Guardian Australia's Chief Political Correspondent. You can find all of Paul's reporting on the four-day work week and the Work and Care Report in the show notes at theguardian.com.au. This episode was produced by Daniel Simo, Miles Herbert and Camilla Hannon, who also did the sound design and mixing. Our theme music was composed by Joe Koning. The executive producers of this episode are Miles Matignoni and me. Laura Mafiotes. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.